Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Thoughtful Intentions. I'm your host, Fiona Winch, and today I'm joined by my dear friend, Marie McTighe. Marie is a licensed occupational therapist who serves individuals of all ages in the greater Washington, D.C. area. As a woman of faith, working in healthcare for the past year has taught her the importance of surrendering control and letting God take the lead. She spends most of her week seeking to increase the quality of life of older adults and derives so much joy from the special friendships she's been able to develop. Outside of work, you can find Marie sucked into a deep TikTok hole, running on trails in D.C., trying out new bars with her roomies, coaching pre-K soccer, or shopping at TJ Maxx with no actual purpose. Hi, Marie. Hello. <laughs> I like my intro now that I'm hearing it out loud. <laughs> I know. I, it was really funny, actually. I Thanks. read it and I was like, this is really clever. I took like pieces from other people's and it gave me ideas. Oh, that was good. <laughs> that was, it, was, it was really nice. It's a good summary. It's very well-rounded. Thank you. I like it. And it, it's all-encompassing. I, I feel like it really does reflect you. Thanks. That's me. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, I'm very excited to have you here today. I feel like this has been a long time coming as you have been such a wonderful supporter of the podcast. I know. From day one that you opened the podcast, I was like, hmm, I wonder how long until I'm on. <laughs> <laughs> I know. No, but when you did but, ask me, I was like genuinely was not expecting it. And so it's exciting to Well, I'm, I, I'm also glad that we get to do it in person because I feel like I've had so many of these conversations with you already. Like when we mm-hmm. go on like hikes or, or anything or even just like to dinner um so I did want to do it in person you know because I've done a lot of these over zoom but I felt like I've talked to you in in person about this stuff before and you're just like a good conversationalist thank you yeah I feel like that vibe well especially in the most recent years of our friendship like post-college I feel like every time we do catch up is like quality time because we don't see each other as often so I do feel like we have like quality conversation every time we're together I agree. in person. Yeah. Um, wait, what was I just going to say? Oh, oh, I should give context to this friendship. Mm-hmm. Um, I have known Marie since elementary school. I don't know when in elementary school. Um, Probably like whenever Maddie started having her birthday party. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. fourth, third grade, second? Uh, the pool party? I feel like second or third. Yeah. Be safe. Um, and then we went to high school together. Mm-hmm. And remained we sure have very good friends Penn State visits I know yeah so and yeah the one time I went to Scranton and I was gonna say you came to Scranton we did visit each other um so anyway with that said I obviously know a lot about Marie to begin with which um is always an advantage but there's still so much to learn about you I didn't even know that you were coaching pre-k soccer until like a week ago I'm coaching pre-k soccer we have our um season party this weekend we're is giving it at out a pizza certificates place? no it's at one of the coaches it's at one of the kids parents house I feel like every soccer party that I can remember was at a pizza place no so basically um it's a DC rec league and all the kids parents are just like young hot parents in their 30s and so one of them graciously offered to host like an end of season party at their house and so we're gonna give like certificates to all the kids that's cute but essentially we just wanted to befriend all the parents I mean (laughs) did it work yes I love the parents oh good they're all um I feel like you've like done such a good job getting your footing in DC like I know it hasn't been long but I feel like you really did find like communities quickly yeah, so the first year I moved there was slow moving because it was 
last summer so uh, uh, some things were virtual like some of the things I was interested in joining weren't necessarily going on so it was slow in the beginning and then come summer I feel like I've met like triple the amount of people than I did just the first year I was there and then the coaching thing kind of fell in my lap like one of my coworkers was like my kid really needs a coach like any chance you would want to it was so out of the blue and at first I was like absolutely not and then (laughs) on second thought I thought it could be a really fun opportunity like do they know what's happening no if if we score an own goal own goal I celebrate it I think it's great um and all the kids were adorable um so we're probably gonna do like a a spring season and keep the are they like do they they're all on the same team and they play each other or like they actually play other people they it's a whole league you know what the best part about the team aren't they like four yeah four and five the best thing about that team was that none of them knew each other so it was kind of a throw together team like Mm -hmm. people that wanted to play on the league but didn't have friends to join with so everyone kind of came in blind none of the parents knew each other and none of the kids knew each other and then me and my roommate who coached didn't know anyone either so I think everyone was a little nervous when we all met up and over two months this community developed that didn't exist before so it was really fun to just be a part of like working a community from the ground up um with the parents and the kids we've talked about this before and making friends in like adulthood and post-grad I know we've talked about how like hard that is before and like Mm -hmm. just finding those communities so I'm just I'm just really happy that you have done that for yourself for sure I think you know I didn't necessarily plan on moving to DC I I was very like fixed on Philly yeah yeah well at first it was Boston I had this like intense obsession with Boston yes I feel like I only remember Philly and then it was Philly um but then like when all is said and done I decided to give DC a chance and I'm obsessed with DC I feel like I wrote it off so quickly just because we grew up here yeah and I actually don't think I've really experienced it as an adult you know the full spectrum of it at least mm-hmm. um so I just wonder how I would like it now my brother just moved to Arlington did you know that no yeah he's how in Arlington recent? now like October oh, okay yeah I mean it's really fun and small enough that it's not too like overwhelming mm-hmm. um but I still love being in a city and like commuting through DC yeah to get you're, to work. you're in Georgetown and like in a beautiful part of Georgetown Honestly, so when I had COVID a few a few months ago, every morning I would wake up and go for a walk. And this sounds so cliche, but I would wake up every day and be like, I cannot believe I live here. Because I just didn't. Yeah. Like if you had told me in college that I was going to live on the river in D.C., I would be like, no, I'm not. <laughs> um, but I do. I haven't. I've been there for almost a year and a half and I am not tired of it like at all, at all which Yay. is a huge blessing. Not everyone can say that. So where is your commute to? Well, I work in Bethesda, so I'm, like, okay. commuting. I have to go through Arlington for a, a second. Oh, okay, cool. Um, okay, well, with that, I do want to talk about your job because I have not had anyone occupational therapy or, like, anything related to that on have here before. Have you had before. healthcare? I haven't done healthcare, no. Yeah, I couldn't remember. No, I haven't. Um, and I'm just, like, I don't know. I'm really interested in it. I, I, I Is this, like, what you wanted to do when you were little? What did you want to do when you were little? I don't know. Um, probably be a singer. <laughs> I still do. <laughs> I still want to be a singer. Um, and then you realize. Remember that lady at the bar that was okay, in your dad's yes, band? Our, yes, yes, our, our family <laughs> friend. 
She's still doing voice lessons. Side story. Me and Fiona are at like one of the Irish bars and her dad and his band are playing. And I'm so amazed by this one woman's voice. It's, it is amazing. Her name's Eileen. Yeah. I was so struck by her voice that, and I was just in a good mood that night. And I went up to her after, I'll never forget this. And I was like, what, like, are the odds you'd be willing to give me singing lessons? And she was so gracious in her response. And then she was like, it would probably be about 75 an hour. And I was like, I can't do this. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, You know that, like, that's what I did for so long. (laughs) (laughs) Not with Eileen, but just in general. Like, those, yeah, voice lessons. All those lessons. Even when I was taking piano in the city, like, writing that check every week was painful. Yeah. But worth it. You have a beautiful voice. Yeah. Well, thank you. Um. And I still believe in you. It's never too late. It's never too late. Although I do think it's some benefit to starting early, but I'm still young. You never know. Well, also, I think, okay, this is totally off topic, but I think that style of music is, I wouldn't say evolving because I think a lot of older influences are coming back, but like our concept of like what a good voice sounds like is expanding. You know, there's like more genres and more, what? Why are you laughing? Because I'm just thinking about my voice fitting into any genre and it's hard to see. But that's, that's, that's Or like you I'm thinking to... if my sister heard you say that, she would like burst out laughing. But there's so you're saying there's hope. I mean, I've heard your voice too. It's not like I haven't heard you sing. <laughs> you just have to figure out what, what suits you. I have to figure out my pitch. I'm not going to say that would on this help podcast. Too. You don't I was nervous you were going to ask. <laughs> I mean, you are more than welcome to. No, not going to happen. Okay, fine. Um, okay, so... OT. So what what made you want to study OT? Also, it's occupational therapy because I feel like not necessarily everyone knows OT. You know what that's I mean? That's fair. Occupational therapy. Um, well, that's the thing. Like, I don't know. I I don't think I would know anything about it were it not for you. Right. Um, and like I'll reiterate just for the sake of uh, the podcast. And as you know already, um, I just love hearing about everyone's like unique paths. And I right. feel like yours is also like pretty unique. Right. So that's another reason why I was excited to have this conversation. Um, so tell me, tell, tell us about occupational therapy. In terms of what it is as a profession, it is a form of physical rehabilitation in regards to helping people return to what's important, being able to do what's important to them. So um, it's a very wide profession in terms of we can really serve any population. Like what um, you can do with it. Right. So you can do so much with it, which is, I think, one of the reasons I love it. Um, so I could work with an infant or a 99-year-old and mm-hmm. everything in between. Um, I can work in schools. I feel like the easiest way to explain OT is by just giving a few examples of what an OT could yeah, be doing. Yeah, Go for it. So an OT could work be working in a school helping um, a child with autism function better in the classroom and like Mm -hmm. optimize their learning experience or they could be in a hospital helping people that are recovering from a car accident Mm -hmm. um, and had a traumatic injury to their brain um we can help people that have disabilities and were born with a disability and help them get a new wheelchair and set them up with equipment to increase their quality of life Mm -hmm. um we can help people. We Some people do like driver rehabilitation, making sure they're safe on the road and have a car that suits their physical needs. 
Um, so and did then, you did you know what you wanted to do with it when you started school? In school, and like then the if last you wanted one, to one of these, kind of. And then then the other one, which is what I do now, is working with geriatrics, um, and helping optimize their quality of life mm-hmm. um, in their eighties and nineties and seventies and so on. Um, but when I was in school, I started to get really excited about my future when when it was laid out for me all the options that I had and it's cool because I don't have to like if I want to work with kids I don't have to take like an extra test you know what I'm saying like I have the degree and I can kind of because you did a five-year master's yeah so you can just move um around populations without too much difficulty which I think is such a beautiful opportunity um to, to kind yeah. of continue growing and not get stagnant in whatever you're in. Did you have to choose geriatrics at some point or like was that after college? So in grad school, you have to do you have to do clinicals, um, which is when where you work with supervision for an extended amount of time. And my first one, I was thrown into this skilled nursing facility in D.C. And I was so nervous and not looking forward to it, to mm-hmm. be honest. And then I ended up having a very enjoyable time and realized that I appreciated old people way more than... Is this where you really liked your boss? Yes. My <laughs> my supervisor was hilarious. Um, he just trusted me really quickly and gave me a lot of autonomy. And so it made me just... I just had to do it because... Yeah. Because he gave me the autonomy to do it. Like I didn't necessarily have a choice. And so my confidence came in quick. And I realized that I could just be myself with the older adults. And they appreciated it when I was just myself rather than trying to be like this robot professional. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think my experience there made me be a lot more open to working with older people. And I kind of stuck with that for the last several months of college and narrowed my job search to older adults. For How the was part. the job search? The job search was trash. <laughs> like, this is another thing I know that we've talked ab- about in the past, like on mm-hmm. our on our hikes. But um, yeah, so the job search was trash. Fiona and I spent a lot of time during our during yeah. my job search. <laughs> I got licensed in um, it seems so long ago. January um, 20. It seems long ago, but when, when, you know, when you're in it, it feels like forever. Right. So it was January 2020. And then, um, then I started looking for a job for a few weeks. And then obviously, like most of the market and world shut down. So um, looking for a job was a huge struggle and very humbling. I got. <laughs> I think you know this. I got a job with like... Oh, yes. I do know this. (laughs) With like such a cool salary and it kind of checked the boxes. But also I just wanted a job. So anything was like exciting for me. And then um, they hired me. I did like all the onboarding paperwork. I was like filling out my last couple bits of HR stuff. And then literally after all was said and done, they called me and were like, hey, we didn't like financially plan our year appropriately and we actually can't afford a new hire (sighs) and I really I thought she was kidding I can't even imagine yeah so 
I feel like that would just like that has to be crushing it was really devastating to be honest which sounds dramatic now because I know I would not be happy there like it's crazy to think about the fact that but it still doesn't sound dramatic like yeah we're glad you know that that it didn't happen that way but Mm -hmm. like it's it's not dramatic like that's like you yeah that's incredibly stressful and disappointing yeah I definitely what month of the pandemic was that that was in June or July I can't remember but at that time I was definitely devastated and was that also with older people yes okay but yeah so that was like a low point for sure but I felt so it sounds cliche but I knew that there were so many people that were going through like pretty much the exact same thing of what I was going through so that was really consoling in that like I wasn't alone in what I was experiencing in terms of the job market um but like I said I would have not been happy at that job so you know it happened how did you figure that out another well first of all the job was in Woodbridge Virginia where is that it's really far away (laughs) and one thing I've learned with my current job is that work-life balance and Work-life balance is worth, like, way more than your salary. When I used to temp, they would ask me to prioritize. Um, I think you told me this. Yeah. they would hard. Like, you would have to list your priorities in terms of work-life balance, salary, company culture, industry. I feel like there was a fifth one. I don't know. I would let's just throw a commute in there for fun but um yeah it's it's hard to Mm -hmm. it's hard to come up with a list of priority for that like you could pick three and you had to pick like the order yeah so you would put work-life balance at the top now well yeah I think a huge thing I think most people would probably at this point yeah I think just like in general and being in a career you start to think about if you value time or money more yeah and I mean, it's like what everyone says, do you work, do you work to live or live to work? And I definitely work to live. <laughs> well, and that's fine. I think it can I mean, be, I don't want to. Like, right. Yeah. yeah. And I think it's a fine line of, okay, where am I at in that like balance? Like, wait, what? Wait, wait. Live to work. Okay. Yeah. No, do yeah. You I live work to, to live. work or work to no, live? No, I work to live. Wait, that means that I like. If well, you. If you if you work to live, then you are have good work life balance and are enjoying life. Oh, <laughs> oh you, no 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 no. And no. if you live and if you live to work, then it's opposite. Yes. Okay. Yeah. No. It's the yeah. It's the other way around. <laughs> but you're in a different like. I'm in a different boat. It's yeah. Re- it's it's not. You can't compare. No. Like when no. you're 25, it's hard to compare anything. Yeah. Totally. But I will all all this to say is that I've had to do a lot of reflecting about what I value more like meeting community and learning about myself and what like makes me happy or like maximizing the um, exact amount of like most money I could ever make like what's more important you know yeah yeah because I I will say like the job I'm in now like there are other jobs out there within my field Mm -hmm. that I could be making more and so there are definitely some days where I'm like oh I should just do this this and this and I could be making more but then I look at what I've been able to do and experience the past year or Mm -hmm. so and I think that has been like a nice I feel like that was one of the only silver linings of this year has just like everyone I think has had to reassess what they do value and like Mm -hmm. how to actually change 
like the day-to-day life to incorporate those values more um which is tough it's like kind of like a full reset but right we had that opportunity oh you know I shouldn't say everyone but a lot of people did yeah Um, and I also just want to say like even though I said like the live to work work to live thing like a lot of people aren't in a time of life where they can choose and so I don't mean any disrespect to that yeah it's a huge privilege um so I should have mentioned that before but it is a huge privilege to even be able to decide yeah um so I just meant like in in what no no yeah I totally get it thank you for acknowledging that but I I understood what you were saying um and I I understood that as well my brain tonight i know i know i keep i gestured to her like we were like brain waves or something oh, gosh. <laughs> but it kind of looked like i was like like captain. i didn't know what you were doing I okay great with it. i was like okay Fiona. it's been a long day i traveled today um cool so okay so you're in this job and you love it but i did want to ask because i think working with older individuals especially with the pandemic i feel like that had to be really hard on you I mean is that a stretch like no so first I'll just say like what I do with the older people because again not everyone necessarily knows so super briefly um I work with older adults that had some kind of injury or condition or life circumstance that made them function at a lower level than what they had usually been functioning at and so that can be through can it be like a mind or body thing or both or both yeah a lot of times I would say most often it's both okay but so we do that through you know exercise and activities and making sure that I can do everything in my power to basically increase their quality of life and increase like their physical is it like a a home or is it like a rehabilitation center what's so right now I work in an assisted living facility so they all live there it's it's their home um but we're staffed with you know nurses that are helping out with medications and all that um but yeah so I look at their current situation and I a lot of it is creativity which is really fun um I'm trying to think of a good example of something creative I did recently. I'm always just doing random creative things. Um, oh, I'm already going to pull up. I, I have your senior speaks like written oh, down okay. here. So I'm going to read those. I'm trying to think because I just have to always be thinking on the fly. I The only the only um, example I can think of is kind of weird. I'll tell it, but it's okay, kind of it. weird. It's it's kind of gross. So my one <laughs> my one guy wait speaking of singing my one patient he always tells me that I have a good singing voice Aww. so obviously he's my you sing favorite. for him I just sing in the background of our pa- of our treatment sessions which is probably unprofessional but he, that's cute. he's like I love your singing no voice. So I don't he, think that's unprofessional he's my favorite but then the other day he was again I'm sorry if this is gross you can edit it out but he was changing his emptying his catheter uh-huh. and he uh, keep in mind he's 90 years old and I find that he's changing his catheter um, by putting one foot on the toilet. Like, he literally, like, lifts one leg onto the toilet and then, like, empties the catheter with his foot on the toilet bowl, which is so unsafe because he could fall, obviously. He's Uh standing on one leg. And I was like, oh, gosh, like, you should not be changing your catheter like that. 
So like a huge part of my job is just to maximize their safety and make them independent. So is this where the creativity comes in? So I was like, (laughs) you need, we need to not, you cannot change your catheter like this because God forbid you fall in your bathroom. So, and he didn't have a, he didn't have a urinal and his son is out of town. Um, so I couldn't contact him. Usually I contact family to order things for their, for their parents, Mm -hmm. but he was like in Spain. So I couldn't contact him. And I found in his room, like a, um, a urinal meaning like a a portable one. Okay. Do you know what I'm talking about? Uh, Sure. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) I don't know why. I don't know why I'm telling the story. So then he had in his room, like in the recycling bin, this tall popcorn container, you know, when people get gifts for, um, holidays and it's just like a big container of popcorn Um, it's like in a narrow plastic container. Oh yeah. Yeah. So I got that out of the recycling bin. Oh my. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, you know what? you need to be emptying it while sitting down and so I gave him that and and he did it perfectly it was like great and then great. I just had to make sure I carefully label the thing like for your and only yeah not um not don't that was popcorn. such a like <laughs> nasty example and does it sounds like no silly. it just sounds like a day in the life like but that's a that's literally a day in the life yeah now that you mention it like that's the stuff that I'm just I'm just like running around making sure that they're safe and and happy and that I love that you sing for them Oh, it's not like I sing for them when I'm in the groove of my work day and we're doing an exercise or an activity. I'll just like s- literally subconsciously start singing. <laughs> I love it's it. It's not on purpose. I love it. And sometimes on a good day, I'll get a compliment. That's so fun. <laughs> um, okay. So I am going to pull up the senior speaks now just because like we're on the topic. On the topic. Okay. And I love the friendships that you have seemed to make there. I made all of my best friends are 95. That's so, that is so cute to me. Like, I love that. Yeah. I have friends that like, not friends. I have a friend that um, says she doesn't like old people. And I think that's just because she's never been around any of them. Because they're like some of my favorite Someone people. said that to me recently. And I was like, well, you just haven't met a like, also, your like, experience with older people probably has just been negative. One or two people, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, okay, so Marie has been doing this Instagram. You should follow it. It's called Senior Speak Seniors Speak. Although disclaimer, I haven't been as consistent with it as I would have hoped, but this will help this conversation will help motivate me to be okay, more good. consistent with follow it. Follow it. Um, I will put uh, the information on Instagram afterwards, but I did pull her two posts. Um, and I'm gonna read the prompt and then a few of the responses from her seniors. And then we're going to talk about how you even got into this because I'm obsessed with it. Okay. Prompt number one. What advice would you give your 25-year-old self? Response number one. Put more thought into your occupation. Try not to take the first thing that comes along. Number two. Relax about work. You'll get the hang of it. Oh, and make sure to listen to your body. Number Wait, three. I think you should mention that these are quotes that responses I got from patients. Yes. Did you already are, say that? Well, okay. I didn't, I know I didn't say that outright. These are from directly Marie asked her patient and these were their responses. Right. Sorry. No, it's fine. Um, number three, don't let anyone boss you around. Number four, don't feel peer pressured to drink. And if you can never smoke a cigarette, don't. These are things that seem like they don't matter much, but they do. I love her so much. And number five. Time. Think twice before you pick the person you're going to marry. So that was prompt number one. Do you mm. want me to go into prompt number two or do you want to say anything about these ones first? Um, not those ones in particular, but I do want to say that, 
Well, well, you can read the second one. Okay. Okay. You can read the second one. So the prompt second number, one's juicy. Okay. Yeah. Prompt number two is how did you know when he slash she was the one? I pulled, I pulled three for this one. Um, the first person said, we went on a blind date. I knew right after the first kiss. If I had to do our love story all over again, I would. <laughs> My heart. No. Okay. The second person said, I knew because I wasn't thinking about anyone else. And if you have to ask the question, he's not it. Dang. Okay. <laughs> and the third one said, well, he was an ex-army and he was a catch. When he came back from the war, he was a man, not a boy anymore. <laughs> he was the one because he was ambitious, has a nice presence, has very good manners, and treated me like royalty. I was like, okay. I know. Royalty? She, she's the best. I loved those. Thank you. Are so, those So, yeah, what inspired you to do that? So I started that page because as I got more confident with work, I started to realize how much value I got out of basically opening myself up to my patients because, um, yes, I forming relationships for sure. So like, yeah, when I see my patients, I'm, you know, how was your day? Mm -hmm. Like, how are your kids doing? Things like that. But Less often do professionals necessarily open up about their own lives. And in a lot of cases, it's not necessarily appropriate. But in my setting and the type of work that I do, I would have certain relationships that were forming that were very strong and just like genuine and full of joy. And Mm -hmm. I started just sharing about myself um, here and there, like Mm -hmm. little and like little by little and then it turned into me kind of like in a lot of ways asking for advice um about just random things I love that. so I would be like uh my sister like did x y and z what do you think I should do and genuinely ask for their response and their advice for sure because I wanted to hear what they had to say but a lot of the reason in my doing that was I started to learn that all of the older people um, are just being taken care of. So like their yeah. whole day is people feeding them and helping them get dressed. I was going to say, it must make them feel a little bit more dependent. Like they have like a role here, you know? Yes. I think uh, if if I can imagine that they miss people relying on them. Yeah, totally. And so I started realizing that they were – that people would get like a lot of joy out of me just telling them about like guys or like just random things in my life um and it just turned into these really like precious relationships um I love that I also just like just because you know they're 90 not that I'm speaking from experience but like it doesn't mean that they feel 90 like even these responses like they could have you just reading them out loud I'm like okay this could have been a 30 year old you know what I mean like right I would say, like, I've had some patients where I would be, I would be like, what should I wear on my date tonight? And my one lady would be like, you're going on another date? (laughs) (laughs) Like, they started to just catch on to me. And we just got these, like, really authentic friendships. And it became so fun. So then I started to put, like, a little more intention behind it. Like, asking for their advice, but documenting it in a way that, it could relate to other people. Yeah. So like rather than asking advice specific to me, I would mm-hmm. try to think of like a Universal. something more, yeah, something more applicable to to whoever. Um, What's your next prompt going to be? 
So I had people send in some prompt ideas. I think the reason I haven't been as consistent with the page is because a lot of the like responses Mm -hmm. and like fruitful conversations I've gotten come about like really randomly and authentically and I had the challenge of when I posed this like specific question I think they would freeze and get like overthink their response so I ran into the difficulty of them feeling on the spot and not giving as interesting of an answer as I know things they've said in previous sessions would you like would you think about like just posting a like quotes without a prompt kind of I've been looking in that direction and yeah I've been playing around with that idea just just kind of documenting like things that my patients have said that are worthwhile of other people hearing and finding a way to organize it that way because there have like I'm not just saying this but they have so much to offer like there are certain the one lady who was like he came back a man like I look forward to seeing her today she canceled on me and I was so disappointed because I just love being at her house like I get so much joy you know that's so sweet yeah so I kind of and also it's for me like I want to remember the things that they've said well you also like okay I was talking about this I feel like I've talked about this a few times but um I have I don't want to sound like a broken record but I have thought about the word occupation a lot and just Mm -hmm. like when you are at your work or wherever you are just like that's occupying your time you know Mm -hmm. it's not just a job anymore it's like it is taking your time and like right how can you be more present how can you get the most out of it too and like make friends make memories you know make Mm -hmm. it worth your time Mm -hmm. Um, yeah I was when I was listening to your most recent podcast you'd said something about occupation yeah yeah I know well because ever since I realized it because people don't use that word anymore you Mm -hmm. know occupation they just say job but it it really really is like how you occupy your time exactly it's more than your career it's It's like literally eight hours a day like my one lady her occupation before her injury was cooking she was like an excellent cook and so I had to figure out a way to like restore that occupation oh did you figure it out so literally we spent all of our sessions making like today we made pie but yeah it's so fun it's 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 obviously a slow uphill trajectory because you have to have patience I feel like yeah there there there's ups and downs and random factors you also work with kids where i feel like you also have to have a different kind of patience oh for sure patience are you a patient person marie i have to be are you a patient person by nature i think no or like learn that's a great question i feel like i've learned it okay i think i'm patient at work because i i realize that i have to be but maybe outside of work not as much I'm trying to learn it better. Like, I'm definitely not patient when I'm driving. <laughs> I, I feel like I'm practicing it, you right. know? Like, I I don't think I'm patient I think it nature. takes practice. Yeah. Um. So how has how have those relationships, like, changed your worldview and just, like, I don't know, your perspective on life and everything? It has to have, right? Yeah, definitely. I think when you mentioned the patience thing, I think twofold. Being patient, it's hard because you're using the two words. I know, Being sorry. patient with, um, like, P-A-T-I. Yeah, with a T. You're going <laughs> to... No, having patience. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Um, you don't have to spell on here. <laughs> okay. I think that in regards to how it's kind of affected my worldview, in one way, truth be told is that America doesn't necessarily treat older people as well as other countries. 
Um, yeah. I would say that old a lot of people tend to care caretakers tend to care for older people in America as if they were an infant. Mm-hmm. And in some cases, that could be appropriate, like in, if someone is at that severe level. But in, in a lot of cases, older people just get labeled as like an invalid, yeah. even though they're cognitively like still aware of what's going on around them. Um, but they just get labeled as such. Oh, you're going get... to hate this story. I have a story for you. Okay. You're going to you're going to hate it. What is it? I don't want to interrupt. No, go for it. I okay. mean, if it's on. If... Well, there like there was a neighbor that um, around the corner who oh this is sad um but his kids like he he lived around the corner and before the pandemic his kids like wanted to put him in a retirement home or I don't even know if I don't know what kind of home it was but um he really didn't want to go but they moved him there anyway and he was like and he played the organ like in church every week and he had a, like a grand piano in his house um, and like loved playing the piano. They couldn't bring the piano with him. So he lost his piano. They stuck him in the home and then he he got stuck there during the pandemic. Didn't see them. And then he died. Yeah. I do hate that story. I know. I'm sorry. But I feel like that's no. so common. Yeah. I, I just, do I you think. Feel like, do you see a lot of like family members that end up neglecting their kind of like elderly? Not necessarily. I think, I mean, luckily I work at a really great building. Like, okay. um, I work in a really great place. I, I would trust like, you know, my family members to live there. But in general, um, care, like old people get treated. Yeah. They just, it's assumed that they don't know what's going on. And that is not always the case. Right. So I just feel like I wish that we treated older people with more dignity, which I I think that's a pretty common thing to say, but I see it firsthand every day. Like, yeah. um, I wish that, you know, you, uh, it's better to assume that they can do more than assume that they can do less. Yeah. So that's like one thing that I've thought a lot about the past year with working with older people. And then on like a more personal level, I feel like I kind of mentioned this in my bio, but mm-hmm. like learning how to just like release control has been like the coolest thing that I've learned. When I first started working, I had like my day needed to go this way and like go exactly as I had in mind. And I just kept getting discouraged. Like my days were not going the way that I wanted them to. Mm. And finally, and my coworkers were really helpful. Finally, I just woke up one day and I was like, I can only do what I can do. Mm -hmm. And all the in-between things that don't go as planned, like don't matter. I'm in like the so, grand scheme of things. I'm so glad that you actually literally just made that segue for me because that was okay. my next question. What? Um, well, I wanted to point out that sentence in your bio. Right. Working in healthcare for the past year has taught you the importance of surrendering control and letting God take the lead. And I feel like, you know, when I read that, just because I'm not as... Um, connected in faith as you are I was Mm -hmm. like what is what does this last part mean like what does it mean to her to like have God take the lead like because I I know that you're an active participant in like planning your day and like you know where's that balance for you you right so yeah obviously I have a plan of how my day what my day entails and what 
um, I'm going to try to do in each session to mm-hmm. be productive and be a good therapist. Um, but I would say, especially in healthcare, but just in like life in general, the day-to-day factors of what actually um, unfolds during your day, a lot of the things you just like cannot control. Yeah. And and especially in healthcare. So like if my, if my patient um, is is like not feeling well and needs Mm -hmm. to just like sit and talk to me about like the things that are making her sad or upset. I feel like, and I have a whole plan of how I want our session to go. Me in August, 2020 would be like, no, uh, we need to do this exercise and this like activity. And then me now has just been able to be like, no, like this person in front of me needs to just like talk. And no matter what I want in my session to entail, like, I need to let go of that and just like sit here and like mm-hmm. be the person that they need to be in that moment. Yeah. And like I'm not perfect with that every day, but like when I finally just let go of trying to micromanage my day and literally just go with the flow, and I mean that literally, like just go with it. Mm-hmm. It's been so freeing. And 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 when where God comes into all of it for me because I've always been like like God has always been my guy and like I've needed him so much in healthcare with like in work um because like I cannot control this person's chronic condition like yes I'm a therapist and I'm gonna try to be creative and think of ways to help them in, in every way that I know but ultimately the trajectory of their chronic illness is not in within my control yeah and whether a person gets better or worse you know, in terms of their medical you're like, doing status. Your best, but yeah, in terms yeah. of like their medical status, like that is God, like and the doctors, but like it's it's something that I needed to like loosen my grip because I would just try to like I would blame everything on myself. That would be an immense burden. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Have you had to like deal with a lot of death in this year? Um last year, yes. But you know. I was, was that did that coincide that. with that realization a little bit? Yeah, I think um I think it all kind of tied in just realizing that I, I the biggest role that I play is in like what we said with the Instagram. Like the biggest role that I play is like the intimate moments of like connection and like making their hour mm-hmm. like that I'm with them like a good hour of their day. Mhm. And then beyond that, I can't control, yeah. you know? Um, I mean, that I mean I, that translates to any kind of interaction, you know, to like regular life too. Exactly. You, you know, you're trying to put your best foot forward and like that's, that's what you can do. That's what right. you can provide to others and to the world around you. Yeah. It's like if I can go home at the end of the day knowing that I was present to my patients and like you know, compassionate and like, you know, actively. Yeah. Like, yeah. And then, I'm sure, then I can go home being like, okay, yeah. Like and God sure, does like, the rest. Like it's not like every day is going to be easy to accomplish that. I'm exactly. sure. Yeah. yeah. That's what I was saying before. Like I do not, like, you have to cut yourself to some day. slack. Yeah. Right. But if that's the overall mission, I think that you're doing great. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. Um, um, but. so I did want to touch more on the faith stuff too. Mm-hmm. Um, because 
as long as I've known you, I feel like you are the person that I know that is the most connected mm-hmm. with um, your faith. And because I know your family as well, I know that um, you, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like you're more connect. Like this feels like it wasn't necessarily a familial influence. Like you found mm-hmm. God and your faith on your own a little bit. Not completely. Yeah, you know that's I mean? correct. Is that fair? Yeah, that's fair. Okay. Um. So can you tell me about that? Yeah, I um, I got brought into my church. Brought in. That sounds weird. Um, in high school, I just, as you know, like it's not I, a cult. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was like, I got carried into. Like, <laughs> no, I um just found a love for my parish that's has always been down the street for me, but I didn't realize how much they had to offer until high school. Um. Which, like, is, I don't know if that feels late, but it kind of feels late. Is it not? I mean, early. it could have been. I don't know. I don't know. It's never too late. Yeah. (laughs) No, but I got involved kind of just because friends invited me and I was like, okay, just to say okay. Um, And not knowing what any of it entailed Mm -hmm. except for the fact that I occasionally would go there on Sundays, but um, I never partake like partaken in the community that they had to offer and then I started to just be consistent in like being involved with the community and the parish and the leaders Mm -hmm. with within like the youth ministry were it was like their first or second year working and they were about to have their first baby and it's crazy because they were the same age as I am now when they were younger maybe when they were starting that job um and so all this to say is that they were young and in a stage of life that was related. I could just, I trusted them and they weren't just some like old person telling me what to do and what not to do. Mm-hmm. But they were like, these are what struggles we faced and this is how we've gotten to like a really joyful place in life. Mm. And so they made it like their life was kind of like the prize that like was Okay. Like they they made they made their life um they presented their life as like just so joyful and so good and like so much fruit and then um they live by example right. they were they were like these are the ways that we've practiced our faith and it's n- brought us nothing but like so much like learning and like growth and but they were like, honest about like the hard parts too exactly yeah so it was real yeah that's what i'm trying to say because i feel like sometimes like and this i'm not saying that this is the case but i feel like there are plenty of examples where it just feels like propaganda you know like we are so happy since finding god and like nothing is wrong and like we are crushing it yeah no i'm glad you mentioned that because they were like so raw in that they weren't afraid to admit like all the stuff that they had done wrong um and why they know now that it was like wrong that's if interesting that makes sense. because i feel like one of the main things that i carry with me at least because i i guess i should say for context um like i went to catholic school for 12 years um and i feel like one of the main things that i carry with me is the shame component like Mm -hmm. just like the catholic guilt like the Mm -hmm. the parts that 
you feel like you have to hide or be embarrassed by or like mm-hmm. feel like s- bad about or like sorry for mm-hmm. um and that was a turn off mm-hmm. you know yes no I do and I you're not alone in that like I've I have like pe- people that I'm close with have expressed that same um experience um but yeah the shame was just like not a factor you know like they yeah. um when I say they I just the whole they because they had such an influence on my life yeah. um no that- I don't I like I don't read shame on you like I never have right yeah I don't know so if that's a like, weird sense to say but like do you know what I mean yeah they basically like you know these are all the things at high school and college up until marriage that like we fell over and over and over again and these are like the really like true like hard things that we had to face and and like care like kind of carry mm-hmm. some like difficulties with for years um and then like this is where god led us um and yes we're probably gonna like fall and have difficult things again but like god like leads us back to like this joy anyways all this to say is that like the friendships that I formed and like and it was just as much I will say it was just as much spiritual as it was like educational so like during that time and this is high school during that time like yes I was learning about like prayer and how to pray but I also was like learning about the church and like learning like what they stood for and like why it wasn't for me like it was the why part um that made me want to make it my my like carry it with me beyond high school and like up until adulthood it was like not just like do this do that be this type of person but it was like do this because what's the why though so the why is like I, I mean whenever I see the church like oh why are you Christian I I say like the church like gives me guidelines on how to like go about my day-to-day life and my chapters of your life and says like if you go about your life and like adhering to like these like suggestions and guidelines then your life will be like will bring like joy it might not be like money and kids and a nice car but like you'll have like joy in your heart that like no one can mess with like Mm. despite like despite external forces like you will have like joy in in your heart um that won't compare and to you found an that to be thing. true for sure and like I think you know I'm I, I'm single and 25 like there's so much to come but I think like my faith has given me this like peace and joy that like no one can like mess with because it's like me and God you know that's great yeah so and not that that will be hard and it'll be like I have to I have to be like when you feel like it's faltering. Yeah. So you I was going to say find it again. Yeah. Like I have to work really hard at keeping my peace like in check. It's not just something that like God gives me and then I'm like good. Like I have to try every single day to like keep hold of it um, and, and continue to ask him for the strength to to have it in my heart. Um because it's not just like like he wants it he wants when I say he like Christ wants it to be like 
a mutual relationship where I continue to come to him. It's not just like I came to him, he gave it to me and now I'm like set, you know, Mm -hmm. um, it's just like any friendship, like you and I, we can't just talk two years ago and then, you know, like I would expect you and I to keep touch, um, every few weeks. So it's the same. I feel like it's, it's hard to grasp when you're not, I'm not saying this necessarily from my perspective, but generally I feel like it's like hard to grasp when you haven't been exposed to that or haven't tried that before mm-hmm. i imagine i know like, and to I conceptualize it like just like literally conceptualizing it like you're saying this and i'm like yeah a mutual relationship i with- know <laughs> well i didn't i, not I didn't like- mean to like i feel like i'm sounding more deep than i anticipated to even come off as but no and listen i'm not trying to like bust your walls or anything no like- you're not <laughs> well it's funny because i have like so many secular friends for if that's an okay term but um like my my one roommate is like doesn't necessarily have too much of a connection she said the same thing as you like she was like you are the only close friend in my life that I know has a strong faith and so I do I definitely do have like a few others Mm -hmm. but um I feel like you are maybe more vocal about it Mm -hmm. not that you're even like that vocal like there's some people that are like very vocal you know on Mm -hmm. like social media and stuff um but just because I know you and like Mm -hmm. because you are so open about it Mm -hmm. I know that about you um but sorry I didn't mean to interrupt but you do have like plenty of friends that are but I will say like outside of the church I think a lot of Christians will maybe not have a lot of exposure to like really close friendships with people that are not Christian and I'm really grateful that that's not the case for me like I have a lot of friends who just like don't know any who know little about the faith and that's been like a huge gift um I've been like been able to and it also brings me out of like I can't be like stuck in this like narrow like mindset like I I I love to like engage in conversation with people who aren't necessarily like in line with the faith because it um it makes me more um convicted and also I think it's healthy to talk with people who like aren't on the same page expands your worldview yeah and it makes me more confident in like explaining why I believe what I believe you know right you you constantly have to explain it (laughs) kind of and not constantly but like you know what I mean if you're if you are never asked these questions yeah if you live with curious roommates which I do yeah what kind of (laughs) questions they ask you oh my gosh like literally it'll be 10 p.m and my roommate will be like hey Marie, can I ask you a controversial question about the church? I swear it'll only take five minutes and then we'll be up for like two hours talking about like, I don't know, X, Y, and Z. But it's it's really good because if if it weren't for her, like I don't know how often I would be having those, those conversations. Yeah, it's important and like it yeah. helps you grow. But That's great. So- I always try to make like, and hopefully I didn't sound like super deep because whenever I try to like, talk about my faith I think like the most important thing is that it is like somewhat relatable like even if it's say, not like, relatable what does faith mean to you yeah um but also commenting on that don't apologize if you feel like you sounded deep <laughs> however I do understand because I feel like there is a lot of intimidation mm-hmm. you know um I feel like people connect probably better with the word spirituality. Like I think a lot of people can acknowledge that they are spiritual and they don't really know why or what that means, but like they believe in something. Mm -hmm. They just haven't figured out what that is yet. But like when you throw religion in, it sounds, it gets a little bit more intimidating. 
for sure so i understand why you were a little bit nervous about that yeah well i just think that people i think it just is intimidating like you mentioned and so it's oftentimes like oh like this is not an approachable topic where i kind of work hard to make like like i'm intentionally open about my faith because i want people to approach me about it because i'm like a people person so i'll just say whatever like i'm i'm not gonna get like offended i just it's really important to me that like all the friends i have and like even people that i'm not as close with would feel comfortable asking me anything about christianity because i just don't want it to be this like i'm not like i'm literally so far from perfect that i feel like i want people to realize that you don't like need to be this like x y and z in order to like Mm -hmm. know about christianity or like want to be a christian you know um yes i also wanted to say this earlier i think and i don't know if this is going to sound weird or if this isn't even going to make sense. Oh my gosh. But um, I find it so interesting that you are a person of faith that is also in healthcare mm-hmm. because I feel like there's been kind of like a schism between religion and science, you know? Mm-hmm. And even in this episode, like you've acknowledged how like, it's doctors and God, like for you, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, it's, they work together. Science and religion work together. Yeah. (laughs) I feel like there are a lot of vocal religious people Mm -hmm. that don't feel that way about about science. science. Yeah. I mean, maybe like really radical ones, but I mean, I, I know you do like, you know that like, that's like kind of what people are presented with a lot of the times it's like so many stereotypes but i can i think which is why i was excited to talk to you too because i also haven't talked about religion on this and Mm -hmm. i like i knew you were the perfect person to talk about it with oh gosh um okay (laughs) maybe i'll give you sorry sorry i'll I'll, because sometimes you put like don't you put like links sometimes yeah yeah i do a little if you know you know there's a bunch of really good like because a lot of stuff i've I, most of it I'm still learning but I've read a couple of good things about again because my roommate's always asking me yeah. questions so I have to like go and like try to like search the answers so that I can educate myself but there are some really nice things I've read about science and religion um so maybe I'll send you some of those yeah some of those yeah because I think that's cool because I'm not gonna try to quote them here <laughs> no that's fine <laughs> um so in terms of your faith and you said that like you don't mind that um your friends are not as you know, connected or like might not be at all. Um, how has that been like in dating? How much does that matter to you in dating? Like, has that been tricky? Um, yes and no. Yes, because, well, because I think I incorrect me if I'm wrong again, but I feel like you prioritize that more in your dating life than in your friendships. Oh, that's correct. Okay, great. So, yeah, I'll be friends with whoever as long as they're a good like person and and if they laugh at my jokes. But you want your partner to be aligned. I basically if you laugh at my jokes, you're my friend. Okay, good. Anyways, <laughs> um in terms of like men, I definitely it's it's you said is it make it easier or harder? It just hasn't been tricky. Yes. Okay, so it's been it's been tricky because it just like limits the pool. <laughs> like to be sure. like to be practical, I like I'm definitely looking to like be with someone whose faith is like as important to them as it is to me yeah I mean if I'm lucky it's more important to them you know um but it also makes the dating like task (laughs) easier 
because I know exactly like I have a very good idea of like what I want and what I deserve I I feel like it makes it easy when you know what you're looking for yeah, if you're totally. just all over the place you can easily get confused and swayed I'm not confused and swayed like I just I like I have really enjoyed dating but um I know like what type of qualities I want and I love so that. it makes it it makes it easier to to discern. Yeah. Know? No, that's great. I'm 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 happy to hear that. So all of this considered, job, occupational therapy, mm. faith, you're dating, all the good stuff. I didn't say anything about my family. Oh yeah, throw some stuff in about I your just family. Love them. <laughs> <laughs> well, because we talked I about love friends, them too. annoying guys, OT and faith, and then the only thing is my family. Your family, and they do mean it's a lot to you. Yes. Are your parents still around here? They're in Tennessee. <laughs> Have you visited that? Are you going to visit? I'm going next week. Okay, great. Yes. So shout out because I feel like my mom will listen to this. So I just want you to think so, that. Patty? Probably. Definitely. <laughs> I mean, I've never called her by her first name. That was weird. <laughs> you can. Um, I well, I love your family too. They're amazing. You just ran a half marathon with your sister. I sure did. <laughs> How was that? <laughs> Honestly, I, w- I have a little bit of a runner's high right now. Does that mean that you can run more right now? Or I think you're just like... I just found a love for running. And you know how I was in high school. I would avoid it at all costs. Right. One time you made me run with you at the beach. And I it was like literally thought degrees. I was going to die. I hated that day. It was yeah. so hot. And you were capable of running more than me. And it was, it was hard. It was well, hard. I've never necessarily been a runner. And then like training for the half was such a blast that like not a blast but i just like wait is eileen here now? really really enjoyed it is eileen what is she here now mm-hmm. really yeah she's here so we ran it together and i found a love for running and it was cool to like accomplish a goal <laughs> as i mean no are you kidding you know i i like i don't run and i feel like it could be cool to one day <laughs> You know, yeah it like was that. fun to be like oh i actually be, did this it would take a lot from me although i have gotten better at running since uh being at orange theory so i should go to one of your classes you should <laughs> okay so with all this said um where are you hoping that this big beautiful journey leads you um that's the theme of your podcast this one for sure oh well yeah overall but yeah i I love to, if I'm having a hard time, like, praying or, like, reflecting or journaling, I really like to think about um, my life, you know, middle school, high school to now and kind of, like, the trajectory of um, this led to this and then this led to Mm -hmm. this. And it's really fun to, like, just think about um, the different ways I've gotten to each. It's cool to think that I am um like only 25 I feel like everyone's like oh my gosh I'm so old (laughs) but I love that I'm 25 I think like there's so much opportunity to come and it makes me really excited honestly I mean I I say that mostly in regards to like I want to have a family so badly and like it's really exciting that I have no idea what that looks like um and it's it's sometimes it's fun to like romanticize. Scary. It's definitely scary, but it's fun to like romanticize and just be like, dang, like I wonder what God has in store for me. Um, and I don't know. It could be. It's probably not what I'm expecting. So it's fun to think about like what 
my potential is like as um you know as a, a continuing to be a sister continuing to make new friends and how I can mm-hmm. like grow in friendships um maybe one day I'll be an aunt um like to be a wife like to be a mom like I haven't none of those roles have happened in my life yet and I think that's exciting because like there's so much to come you yeah. know so all this to say is that like I'm grateful for where I am now and I just feel like it's like I used to be one of those people that after college ended I was like oh my gosh my life is over like yeah. I was miserable yeah you were very close to your college people too when I graduated I was just like miserable I was like that is was the best point of my life and it's never gonna be that good and now I'm just like no like like I'm like people say their 30s are like so fruitful and like full of like so much joy and I mean who knows like maybe yeah. my 30s will suck but I'm just saying I'm really looking forward to like that's what's not what next. we're manifesting though yeah I'm just looking forward to what's what's to come and and I'm hopeful oh I love that <laughs> was that like that was perfect enough no what? <laughs> no, it was great um well thank you so much for thank chatting you. with me today i really appreciate it i'm so glad we got to do this me too and thank you to everyone for listening this has been fiona winch with marie mctigh on thoughtful intentions